Well, good morning. I don't know about you, but I can just sense the presence of God in this place today. Can we just give God praise one more time this morning? Come on, like, like, not like a courtesy clap. Can we, like, really give God praise today like we've done something recently? Father, we love you. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you right now for what you've done for what you're doing and what you're going to do. God, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, the battle belongs to the Lord. We set our eyes upon you. We fix our eyes upon you, Jesus, because eternity is our trajectory, and the only way that we will get there is in your name and by your spirit, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, oh God. Would you help us today to receive from your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, I want to talk to you about hungering for God. In this series, we have gone through some things that we believe that God is really setting the tone for 2020. And to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. And it is God's power that works within us. It it is he that we are to cast our cares upon because he cares for us. It is he whose burden is light and whose yoke is easy. And so when we come to him, it's not that we won't ever face anything or go through anything, but though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It's not my own strength. It's not what I can see. It's not what I'm surrounded by. It's who I'm walking with. Come on, somebody. That is what strengthens me in my victory. Pastor Weston, every year, starts out the fast so far. I don't know if he's done this his entire life or if he just wants to challenge me. But, but I don't know how you feel, but whenever I'm challenged by somebody that I'm supposed to be leading, I accept the challenge. <laughs> Every year, he and, and then Ken Morrow, who's part of our, our men's ministry and directors, who's going to help us feed our guys, uh, not this Tuesday. Don't come up here this Tuesday. I got in text last Tuesday. I thought there was a men's dinner. It's <laughs> so funny. And I'm trying, I'm nice, you know. It's, it's not this Tuesday. It's the next. During Momentum, on that Tuesday, we're going to have a men's dinner. But every year, he and Ken, and, and actually their whole family, they, they start out the fast not eating food, like not eating food, y'all. Not like, like I'm going to fast all red meat or sweets and sugar and eat clean. No, they're just like, me and Jesus, nothing else. All I need is you, Lord. And I'm over here like chowing down on chicken. My youth pastor's in the next room with five bags under his eyes because he hadn't had food. So they do this liquid, not like water, like they're drinking protein and, and chicken broth and soups. And, and my rule on a liquid-only fast is like, if I don't have to chew it, I can have it. Come on, like if I can swallow it, it's going down. I have almost choked myself on some Greek yogurt, yogurt here recently. But I'll take that first week, kind of prepare my body. And then I'll dive in. And, and every year they challenge me. And here's what I've found, okay? And, and I, I make it funny because it, uh, about competition. But what it really is is I, I, just, I, I just I have to be a part of what somebody around me and under my influence is doing. Like they, they actually, they don't just like challenge me and like it's just competition. They actually inspire me. They inspire me not to let them seek Jesus harder than I am, 
Why? Because I've found that when we pray and when we fast and we put God first, that you can sense his presence when you seek him first. You can sense the presence of God when you seek him first. Fasting is hungering from, for God. Fasting and praying is, is disconnecting from the world and the things that we feed ourselves with. And, and I'm not saying no food. I actually put up on our church Facebook page this week a, a guide to what you could fast and how you could fast. But whatever it is that you're fasting, when you fast what you're normally filling yourself with, all of a sudden you begin to develop a hunger for God. And listen to me, it's never a waste to pursue God's will. It's never a waste not to force his hand. Like we're not fasting so that God will do something. We're fasting so that we can see what he wants to do. We're fasting so that we can understand who he is, how he operates, and what's he, what he wants to do in our lives. Hey, this week, every morning at 6 a.m., Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m., we're going to be in this worship center. We're going to pray from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. I'd like to invite you to join us. If you can't come to the church, then just wake up at 6 a.m. And, and know that we're praying. And, and if you wake up and pray, then you're praying with us. And something supernatural in 2020 is going to take place in and through because what God has done is just a warm-up for what he wants to do, the families that he wants to reach, the souls that he wants to save. So every day this week at 6 a.m., we'll be here praying. Listen, when you put God first, it begins to develop a desire and a hunger within you. And it will mean more to you the longer that you do it. Like when you first start fasting, it, it may be like kind of fun, you know. Like you're like, oh yeah, I'm a super spiritual this year. I'm a fast. I'm a drink water only for 21 days. And then about 21 hours in, you're like, oh. And it's a struggle, and it's fun at first, but then it, the, the, the headache sets in, the misery sets in. I don't know if you've ever fasted, like if you were just eating uh, gumbo and stuffing through Thanksgiving and Christmas, and, and you just made more gravies than you even made rice. Come on, I don't know how you operate, but I like a little bit of rice and a whole lot of everything else. Like, I just like the, just a little bit in there, and that's how I was eating. And then, and then I know every year we're going into this fast, and for the first few days, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm eating clean. Oh, I feel good. And then our youth pastor and men's director begins to fast liquids only and so I'm like well if, if they can do it I can do it too and like two days in I'm like yeah I got this I don't I don't need solid food I don't need to use my teeth if they rot out and fall I'm gonna be just fine I'm gonna be good and then about day three I'm like thus saith the Lord what are you doing why did I do this why am I here I'm dizzy I'm tired my kids my kids the normal things that I don't hear my kids playing or making my head throb today and I'm trying not to take my frustration with my fast out on my babies because <laughs> I know they're always this loud it just seems like they're doing it on purpose this time like they know hey daddy has a headache let's see how much noise we can make Daddy looks tired. Let's see if we can wake him up. Come on. That's what I do to most of you every Sunday. Come on, somebody. Jesus fasted four days. Elijah, 40 days. Elijah fasted 40 days. Paul, 14. Peter, 14. And you feel good at times, but then you feel like at times an idiot. Why am I doing this? What is wrong with me? And then the enemy begins to whisper in your ear, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. 
This is silly. This is super spiritual. No, no, listen. It's never a waste of time to seek God first. The enemy begins to whisper in your ear. That charismatic screaming zealot on Sunday convinced you to do something you didn't want to. You're just trying to show off. Story, uh, five, five days into this liquid only fast and, and, and I'm not saying that but to like make you feel like I'm Mr. Super Spiritual. They made me do it with, along with the Holy Spirit and stuff. Uh, but five days into this liquid only fast, guys, I woke up and I was absolutely miserable. And I was sitting in my bedroom by myself. My kids were playing. My wife was getting ready. We were going somewhere. And I was sitting on, on, on the edge of my bed. And I was like, man, whew, I got, I'm just a little over halfway through. Like, I got till Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I heard this voice in, the, in my head. And, and I don't think it was like a demonic voice, okay? That's not what I'm saying. I, I think it was my flesh. And I heard this voice say, all you got to do is eat. All you got to do is eat. And you'll feel better. And it's in that moment that the enemy begins to whisper. Maybe even your own flesh begins to whisper in your ear. And you begin to sense the weakness that you really are. And then you remember why you're doing what you're doing. And you decide to stick it out. And you decide to stay through. Because you remember that it wasn't him, that preacher in a pulpit that convinced you. It wasn't that book you read. It wasn't that move across this nation. It was the spirit of the living God that pricked your heart through the pulpit, through a preacher, through a message, through a sermon, or possibly even through his word. Because you remember reading something in Mark that said this kind of faith comes only through prayer and fasting. And so you nail down and you wait it out and you trust in the Lord. And when you want to quit the most in your prayer habit, in your worship, in your church attendance, in your giving, in your fasting, and in your praying, when you want to quit the most, that's when you know that fasting is working. It's working something out of you according to the power that works within us. You're replacing what you were leaning on with the only one that can truly fulfill anything. And it's like that sixth sense begins to arise that you didn't even know and i'm not talking about the one that's like i see dead people no that's not if you watch that movie shame on you i didn't watch that stupid stuff okay even when i wasn't saved i didn't try to scare myself for no apparent reason that's dumb okay don't do that but that but it's i'm talking about the legitimate the spiritual sense that, the, that like, like when the prophet Gehazi walked up with Elijah and Elijah's like, do you not see what the Lord is getting ready to do? There's an army on a hill over there, but they're surrounded by angels and chariots of fire. And then Elisha prays that Gehazi would be able to see what Elisha sees. And all of a sudden, the physical veil was lifted from Gehazi's face and he began to see into that sixth sense, into that spiritual realm. And he understood that the battle belonged to the Lord because Hezekiah prayed. You're replacing what was working with the only thing that will truly fulfill you. There is this hormone in our body and it's probably one of the loudest moaning of all the hormones. It's this hormone called ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N. It's the hormone that makes your stomach growl. And uh, this hormone has found its voice in my life. Uh, as of late, even more than normal, it's that growling noise. It, it, it can, sometimes it can be embarrassing, you know, like when you're in a staff meeting and the, 
the, the leader in the room says, all right, let's bow our head and pray. Let's just sit in the presence of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, what was that? Did they just toot in the middle of this silence before God? Was that their belly or their, you know, was, which one? What was that? It can, it can catch you. It's, it's the hunger hormone. And, and sometimes it's, it's uncontrollable. It just, it has its own voice, but it's there. It's there to remind you that you're hungry. In fact, you don't have to remember that you're hungry because Greeland will remind you. Now, listen, this has never happened to me. Uh, there are these people, they're like, oh man, they're like midway through the afternoon. I forgot to eat lunch. I forgot. I have never forgot to eat. Ever, not one time in my whole life. I didn't wake up and like get halfway through my day and it's like four o'clock. I look back like, man, I knew I was forgetting something. Baby, I'm hungry. <laughs> that, is, that just doesn't happen to this guy, not this guy. So in our 12th overall day in a 21-day fast and five days, my family wanted to stop at a gas station. But they didn't want to just stop at any gas station. They wanted to stop at the gas station on the way home from New Roads coming back to Eunice on 190, and there's this big new building with a gas station by some guy named Billy. <laughs> so we walk into Billy's, and I'm like, where's the muscle milk, yo? You know, <laughs> like, I need something that I can swallow and drink, and I walk in, and it was like pork found a heaven. The smell that exonerated from the front door. Like I could, I'm pumping gas and I can smell something cooking. I can smell it over the gasoline. I've denied my sense of taste and smell recently to limited to protein and things that I don't really want. And so all of a sudden those senses are heightened. I don't even smell gasoline. In fact, you'd probably smother it in gasoline. I'd still eat it at that point. And I walked in, and, and there was behind the counter all kinds of boudin made in all kinds of ways. I mean, they had cut it, smoked it, grilled it, fried it. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing like some fried. And I put an end on the end of boudin, and y'all make fun of me. I don't care because I still like it. I was struggling, struggling. I was like, look, I'm making an appointment. Two weeks from right now, I'm going to see y'all again. Special trip. You can write my order down right now. You're going to want to make extra because all the people behind me are going to leave this place disappointed by the time I get done with you whenever I come back. There was not this moment where I had to be like, man, I forgot how good this smelled. I forgot I was hungry. No, 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 I was in the parking lot filling up with gas, and Greeland started reminding me. I mean, can you just wave at me if sometimes your Greeland works overtime? We got some people that Greeland's on overtime. It's a good thing. Man, if you could make money every time your stomach growled, come on, it'd cause you not to eat as much. See, the truth is, is if we were offered a certain amount for a certain thing, then we would begin to lay down those things because of what we were offered. And yet, Scripture says... That this kind of faith comes by prayer and fasting. See, I believe if you will join us in these last seven days of prayer and fasting, whether it's sun up to sundown or lunch only, 
liquids only, Daniel fast where you eat no meat, no sweet, no dairy. Maybe you just give up sweets or maybe you just give up snacks. I'm going to encourage you, maybe even challenge you for the next seven days. If you want to increase your faith and lean on God in a way that you haven't leaned on him in a long time or maybe ever, then join us in prayer and fasting for the next seven days. Now, don't just fast because that's a diet that you'll get sick of. But when you pray and you read the word of God and you begin to worship him to try to fill that void of hunger inside of you, something significant happens. When Greeland starts talking to you and saying, feed me, you feel like the whole day God's performing that miracle that he performed for Joshua and the sun's standing still all over again. You think it's like 4.30 in the afternoon, you look down at your clock and it's only 10 and you still got seven more days. Time stops. It's at that point that you know this fasting thing is working. See, fasting will begin to expose things in your life. Because the closer that you draw to God, the less things have the ability to hide underneath the surface of darkness. The more the light shines upon the area, it's like a vehicle coming down the road or spotlight coming towards you. I liked vehicle coming down the road better than spotlight coming towards you because spotlight coming towards me usually meant that I was hunting in the dark and I was about to meet somebody that I didn't really want to know. But as that spotlight gets closer to you, that light gets brighter and everything that was darkness around you becomes exposed. And that's when you know fasting is working. It's hunger that drives you, that pushes you. It's hunger that compelled Jesus to overcome the enemy. I'm praying this year, today, that God would give you a spiritual greeling. A God would give you a spiritual greeling that your spirit would begin to growl for time in his word, that your spirit would begin to growl for a prayer life and development, that your spirit would begin to growl for worship, that you wouldn't lean on Sunday as the only time that week, that you wouldn't lean on our staff to plan the only time that you spend with God. I can't have another year in the motions of this Christianity that you would come to a place where you say, I want to hunger for God. I I don't want to stay the way that I've been. I don't want to stay where I am. I don't want to sit here any longer. I've got to get up. I've got to pray. I've got to read. I've got to worship. I've got to study. I've got to grow because there's a spiritual greeling, growling in the pit of my soul that can only be filled by the Spirit of God. I'm praying that there is a place where we would reach the point in our spiritual life that it would become as active as our snack life. Come on, that first week of fasting, I was every, I'm talking every 45 minutes looking for something that I could have. Whatever it was, I'd pack a bag. I don't ever pack a bag of stuff. I just know by lunch I'm going to go and consume as much as I want. By dinner I'm going to eat whatever I want. But in the fast, I begin to look for snacks because I'm hungry. We begin to, maybe you're fasting this and maybe you're not, but we begin to look for that bowl of chips and salsa. We begin to look for that bowl of maybe apples and peanut butter. I'm trying to make it healthy, y'all, because I don't want to talk about the things that I really want right now. It makes it worse. 
I can't watch the Food Network. I lust. It's crazy. I didn't even know you could lust over food. About 15 days in, you watch the spiritual food. You watch the food. I don't even call it spiritual. You watch the Food Network, and all of a sudden, demonic powers and principalities begin to draw you in from places you didn't even know. When you're, phys- when you're physically hungry, you start seeking for something to fill that void. When you're spiritually hungry, when you don't pray on your own, when you don't read and study the Bible, when you don't praise God and worship him in spirit and truth, spiritual greeling will begin to grip you. If you start with the motives of just losing weight or becoming a better you, then that wears off after just about two or three days. And hunger sets in. And the enemy begins to whisper, I want to ask you to ask yourself, am I hungry for God? Am I as hungry for God as I am for physical food? Am I as hungry for God as I am promotion, success, accolades, academics, athletics? Am I as hungry for God as I am acknowledgement in the world that he created? In our journey, we need to show God. Sometimes we need to show God, Lord, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you. In 2 Kings chapter 7, I'm not going to read the whole story. I'm going to reference it. But the, the people of Israel were so hungry in the days of Elisha. They were so hungry that they could, for 80 pieces of silver, you could buy a donkey head. And you could pull the skin and boil the head and begin to eat off of that donkey head. They were so hungry that for five pieces of silver, you could buy a cup of dove, not meat, but dung. They were so hungry. What is the point of the donkey head and the dove dung? They were so hungry that they began to feed on things that they would have never otherwise fed on. The point is, is when we're hungry, if we don't feed ourselves with the right things, then we will begin to consume things that we would have never otherwise consumed and end up in places that we never really wanted to go. If we don't direct our spiritual hunger intentionally to God, then those hungers will direct us into the wrong things. If we don't give God our hunger and begin to feed on the things, you begin to feed on the things that you know are not good good for you. If you don't let feed that void, that spiritual void inside of you, then you go and you begin to try to feed it off of things on the internet, off of things on message boards, off of social media, Snapchat, private messenger. You begin to send pics or receive pics or look at pics, watch movies, try to fill the void with entertainment, and you end up going places and playing And maybe becoming someone that you never thought you would become, all because you weren't feeding the spiritual hunger. You were looking to fill the void with physical things, and you were not created as a physical being. If we don't address the hunger, see, it's not going to be another trip, another car, another house, a new game system, another job, another friend, a new spouse. There is a gnawing inside of us that can only be filled by God. There is a spiritual greeling growling in our soul that only Jesus and his spirit can feel. Am I hungry for God? In chapter 7 of 2 Kings, verse 3, we see this story of four lepers. There were four leprous men. I don't have time to go into leprosy, but, but essentially 
what we understand about leprosy is that their skin would become so decayed that, that it would begin to just fall off, that they would have open wounds, and it was extremely contagious according to the people. And so they had been cast out of the city, and they were out of the city, and they were starving. They weren't even able to buy a donkey head or a cup of dove dunk. Like they were just starving outside of the city with nothing to eat, nothing to drink, and no one to live with except for the four. And the Bible says there were four of them at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Why are we sitting here until we die? Their idea was, hey, let's, let's go over to the Syrian camp, and let's take our chances there. Why are we just going to sit here? Let's see if they have any food in the Syrian camp. Let's go over to the enemy's camp and see if they have anything that actually belongs to us. See, the only thing that got them out of their leprosy when their life was falling apart, when they had nowhere else to go and nothing left to eat, the only thing that got them out of that place was their hunger. I want to lighten it up just a little bit, but, and this isn't in the Bible, but I'm just imagining, you know, they're sitting around having a conversation. Maybe these four lepers are a mix of Cajun and North Louisianian. You know, one of them may have said, I could use a cup of coffee and a beignet, yeah. Maybe the other one, he's from Redneckville, he's like, brother, I want a steak and a baked potato. And then the final one says, man, I just want a cup of gumbo, me. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't know what it was. It was a couple of days ago, my daughter, the first thing in the morning, we were getting ready for school, and, and she said, Daddy, I had a dream last night. See, they're fasting with us, like we're teaching them the spiritual principle of fast. We're not forcing it down their throat, but we're teaching them. And so predominantly, they're fasting sweets, and, and they're eating clean, and they can't have the normal drinks and candy and all the stuff. And so my oldest, the other morning, she woke up. She said, Daddy, I had a dream last night. I'm like, oh, cool. I thought this was going to be like something spiritual and something powerful. She goes, I ate a cookie. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was the hunger <laughs> that caused her to begin to have thoughts. It was the hunger in those four lepers that caused them to begin to have thoughts. And they were thinking of the things that they didn't have. And then all of a sudden, because he was hungry, one of the lepers decided to stand up and say, why would we just sit here and continue to die? Why would we stay stuck in this place when it's possible that there is something over there that we could go and be filled with? Verse 4 says, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we'll, should, we'll die there too. We should die there too. But if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. Watch the, the thought process here. This guy had to have a degree of some sort. If they keep us alive, then we shall live. But if they kill us, we're just going to die. It's crazy. If they keep us alive, we'll stay alive. If they kill us, we'll die. I need you to understand this morning that it was hunger that drove them in the direction of God's divine destiny. 
It was hunger that drove them. See, they ended up going into that place and they found the empty camp because the Syrians had run thinking that they heard something that God made them hear that wasn't even the army that was actually fighting. The Syrians took off. They left all their stuff, all their spoil. The lepers go in and they begin to take partake of the enemy's spoil. Listen, I'm talking to somebody today. I'm talking to the least likely this morning because it was the least likely in this story that became the most hungry and it was the most hungry that became the answer for the issue in Israel. The entire nation went over to the Syrians camp and began to eat of the spoils of the enemy. I believe that the enemy has been taking things from you and if you'll develop a spiritual greeling inside of you, you will not be able to sit there and die any longer but you will stand up, you will rise up and you will march into the enemy's camp and what you discovered will be the answer and the solution not just for you but for everybody around you. When we hunger for God, we stand up out of hopelessness, depression, insecurity. We stand up out of loss and insignificance. We stand up out of addiction and ungodly desires. In the city of Israel, they actually became so hungry. Now hold here with me for just a second because I'm. you just got to buckle up. This, this is in the Bible. They actually became so hungry that they began to bowl and eat their own children. And we automatically go, man, oh, that is barbaric, so paganistic. And yet, from 1978 to 1997, one million babies per year were aborted. Hang on, hang on. And in the early 2000s, it drops down to 800,000, and then all of a sudden everybody felt better about the 200,000 babies we saved that year. Every year, hundreds of thousands of babies are removed from the womb of their mother so that parents can go on living their dreams without having to share the spoils that this world has to offer. Now listen, if you've been through that, I'm not casting stones at you today because there's not a limit on what God's grace can reach in and forgive. And I personally, before I met my wife, had to walk in that measure of grace. So I condemn you not today, but I'm telling you, we don't understand that kind of, that kind of hunger. We don't understand the kind of hunger that our missionary to Kenya, Africa, Africa told me about last year. Aaron DiMaggio said, man, I saw a little boy walk out of his, his boma, which is where they live. I saw him walk out, he had no clothes on, and he looked down and he used the restroom on the ground. And he bent down and he packed it up into a pie and he picked it up and ate it. Now, I know that's an intense story and I'm not trying to disgust you. The purpose of me telling you that story is as disgusted as we are by that. I, I, I believe that God is just as disgusted when all we ever consume is the things that come out of us. All we ever take in and all we ever hunger for is the created instead of the creator. I believe that God looks down and does that at some of the things that we're looking at. He turns his head away from some of the things that we're watching, some of the places that we go, and some of the things that we do. In fact, the Bible says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Because if you're not really hungry, like if you don't thirst for me or let me warm you up, 
If you're not really hungry, it nauseates me. God says, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. And so I want you to ask yourself today, do I crave God's affection as much as I do man's attention? Do I crave the things of God as much as I do the carnal? Lamentation chapter 4 verse 9 says it this way. Being killed with the sword is better than slowly starving to death. One version says it's better to go down fighting than to sit here and die. For good or bad, hunger drives us. Hunger drives us. We base our day sometimes around our meal plan. Hunger, hunger drives us. We'll drive out of the way to go to that place that we want to go physically hungry. Will we begin to go out of our way to get to the place that God has for us spiritually? There are places in him that if we hunger for, we can hear the voice of God say, I have it all. I am the one who lifts up and the one who pulls another down. I am the voice in the wilderness that you heard. I am the one that is calling you and drawing you, and I am the one that can fill you. Praying and fasting is not just for a pastor, a staff member. Praying and fasting is for any person that wants to draw closer to God's presence. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Am I? Am I hungry for the things of God? Come on, you were raised in this. You've heard religion all your life. You've heard the cross since the day that you can remember hearing. You've heard about the gospel in Jesus for as long as you've lived. But have you ever truly hungered for the things of God? Are you hungry spiritually? Are you listening to the grilling that God put in your life so that you stop trying to feed that spiritual hunger with physical things and end up in places that you didn't really want to be? I close with this. What was it that drove the prodigal son to return back to the father's house? What was it that made the prodigal son get out of the pig pen? Was it the stench? Was it the smell? Was it the filth? Was it the disappointment of false and flaky friends that caused him to go? Was it the disappointment of the people that left him stranded as soon as his finances ran out because that's really the only reason that they were there? Was it the people that left him alone whenever his life began to spiral out of control instead of trying to help him out of the muck, they watched him drown in it? What was it? that drove the prodigal son to go back to the father's house. Luke 15, 17, when he finally came to his senses, the sixth sense began to kick in. It wasn't touch, smell, it wasn't sound, it wasn't something that he heard or something that he tasted. The sixth sense kicked in, and when he finally sensed the sixth sense, he came to his senses and he said, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. 
Hunger will wake us up and drive us back to the Father's house. Hunger will not allow us to sit there and starve physically, spiritually any longer. Hungering after God will fill the void in your life that will help you overcome the addiction, overcome the depression, overcome the anxiety, overcome the loss, overcome the worry, overcome the fear, overcome the ungodly desires, overcome anything that is standing in your way of the things that God has for you and the places that he wants to take you. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, but this kind can only come out but by prayer and fasting before God. Am I hungry for the things of my God? Is there spiritual grieving stirring inside of me? Am I hungry? Would you stand with us today? We're going to do this in our next two services as well. I want to invite our prayer team to come forward this morning. And I just want to open up these altars. And by altars, I mean like any place that you would just get alone with God. Front, side, back, right where you are. And I want you to ask God to give you a spiritual hunger for the next seven days. Give you a spiritual hunger for the next 300 days. I don't want to, I can't live another year the way that I lived last year. Going through the motion and watching other people be fulfilled by the God that I believe. I can't go another day starving in this place spiritually the way that I am. I'm hungry, Lord. I'm hungry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to go after you with all of my heart. I'm hungry for the things of God. And as you begin to seek him, I pray that you would begin to find him. Come on, if you're comfortable with it, I just invite you to lift your hands all over this room in this time of prayer. If you need the Lord, if you need to be saved, you need to receive salvation, lift your hands. If you need a hunger for God, if you've been filling your life with physical food and still found yourself empty at the end of every day, there's a spiritual greeling inside of you that is starving and longing. There's something that God created in you that can only be filled by his presence, by his glory, by his desires. Lord, hear us from heaven this morning and help us to get out of our comfort zone so that we can come to you and be filled by you because he who hunger and thirst for righteousness this one will be full father help us today to hunger for you come on just begin to pursue him right where you stand lift your voice and ask God to make you hungry lift your voice and invite God to have his way in your prayer in your prayer life to have his way in your schedule to have his way in your desires and entertainment come on lift your voice come on let's lead lead us into his presence this morning father we ask right now that you would come in. If you need prayer, step out. If you want to seek God, step out. If you're hungry for more today, come to the Lord. Come, come ye who are weary and heavy laden. I, says the Lord, will give you rest. Come on, seek him. Seek him and find him when you seek him with all of your heart. Step out. If you're hungry, step out. Lift 
your hands. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Let him have his way in your heart today. God, have your way in Jesus' name. Save. 